Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, the founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We are emotioneering human performance, not engineering it. In season one, we talked about emotioneering the modern mindset and really about those people skills and the expression and the communication. In season two that we're in now, we're going to have topics center around everything to do with emotioneering business results. And that's going to cover creating great places to work, increasing profits, human capital, the people, getting record-breaking results, and world-class employee engagement. I'm going to be interviewing guests that I know are absolute experts in this area, and will be able to share their knowledge, share their learnings on the journey with you and myself. And I'm really looking forward to getting in to all things emotioneering with them. Remember to subscribe to YouTube, to the Facebook page, to Instagram, LinkedIn. And of course, you can go to the website, modernmindgroup.co.uk, and you'll get our monthly newsletter there. Enjoy the show. Jennifer Louise, guys, is here with us today on the Emotioneering Podcast. I am super excited to be interviewing Jennifer Louise. We met on Clubhouse. It's been a few months now, and now we're going to really dive into her business and what she does. So Jennifer Louise is the CEO and founder of the Successful Salon Club and the owner of Obsession Salon in Ramsgate and has been doing this for many years. Uh, She started off herself as a self-starter and has built up her business and now has a team of people. So is absolutely the best person to have on this podcast to share her knowledge of her people leading skills and uh, stories with us. So Jennifer, Louise, welcome so much to the Emotioneering Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so lovely to see your face moving because, of course, on Clubhouse, we're staring at like this structured visual that just doesn't move. And it's like, oh, we have features. <laughs> we move. This is exciting. <laughs> I know. And look out. We haven't even met each other face to face yet, but we will. And I'm really looking forward to that oh, um, in, in a very soon uh, to, to happen. So you're here today to talk to us about all things to do with emotioneering business, emotioneering business results and how we get there. But first of all, you know, tell us more of the backstory about you, uh, Jennifer, and how you got to where you are now, really. Oh, okay. So a little bit of a rebel was young Jennifer Louise. So I quit school at 14. Um, I decided that I was going down the wrong path. So I would go to school, sign in in the register, and then the teachers, I mean, the school is now closed. It it was that terrible. The teachers would be like, grab your bag and get out if you don't want to be in the class, in which, of course, I'd grab my bag and I'd go sit down the bottom of the field with all the boys and drink vodka. And I was like, this is not serving me. So I quit school when I was 14. I managed to lie for an entire year and my parents thought I was going to school, but I went and got myself a little job in a hairdresser's. Amazing. (laughs) So it was a Saturday job that I then decided to tell them that now I'm not going to school, I've got all this free time, right? And I've got to do something with it because I can't stay in the house. So I told them that I was 16. Mm -hmm. They sent me on a college course. The college was right next door to the school that I should have been going to. Um, And I got my apprenticeship and then I ended up having to like go back into mainstream 
um, school after that. So I got my GCSEs and my apprenticeship um, in hairdressing in the same year together, which was really, really fun. Um, But that just kind of shows a little bit into this passion and this drive and this leadership kind of role that I then took on because it was all about achievement and what I wanted out of life and going out there and getting it. Fast forward, I met the father of my children really young. Um, I was also 14 when I got with him. We were together 13 years. I've got two beautiful children. Um, My son is 21. My daughter is 14. Both great leaders um, do really well. Um, And yeah, so life is life is lovely. Very, very happy. Awesome. And we also have a very uh, unique shared passion for glamorous bathrooms. Yeah, no, that bath, I, I sent Melissa a picture of, or I, I may have gone into the group, no, it was on my Instagram, wasn't it, of this bath, like a rose quartz bath, and that is now my life goal, <laughs> to have <laughs> a massive rose quartz bath somewhere in my new house, it's on my vision board, I'm having it. <laughs> and and then you can invite me over, allow me to also <laughs> participate, and I will get a very glittery, diamonty, glamorous one as well, and we'll just, yeah, we'll just exchange our, oh. our, our passions <laughs> and, and then we'll go to Lush and get a load of bath bombs yeah it'll be great <laughs> well it, it, it is interesting to me that you mentioned one of my key values as well which is really achievement to me that is core in everything that I do like and I absolutely hear that from from your journey and what you decided and that you were purpose-driven to do something with your life do you think that that actually now serves the basis of everything that you do with your people? Um, yes, 100%. I think it started off serving me. I think that achievement and that drive and that get up and go came from a lack of self-worth connected to um, a very, very rocky childhood. My, my childhood was not nice at all. So I think that's where it started um, and it became this kind of I've got to get out that I think the motivation is I've got to get out of this house. I've got to get out of this living like this. So I've got to earn money to earn money. I need a job, but I can't have a job. I'm at school. But then I was like, well, no one says I have to go to school. Like I, I actually can do what I want on my own person. And so understanding that about myself and then understanding that every single team member that works for you is their own person (laughs) they can do what they like and understanding that no matter what I do I cannot motivate them the only thing that is going to motivate them is the driver and think back to what I just said the driver back then for me was I cannot live in this house I cannot live in this life anymore and that was the pain that drove me but you know it's Drivers are pain and pleasure. I'm not saying that it's always pain, but it's about understanding what that driver is for your team um, and each individual member of your team, not just them as a whole, um, and helping them to bring that into fruition rather than thinking you can drive people and motivate people because you absolutely cannot. Yeah, it's the it's the influence or that encouragement or that support, but it's their motivation or driver. What is driving them to like really move forward? So I I totally agree with that. In terms of um what you were saying there regarding how you 
um, view that now and how you brought that into to the way that you work with them is just absolutely fantastic. I'm really keen to like dig into this even more so because I know that you've got a backstory and and you know learnings and lessons from this as well. So tell us about your first hire. Who is the first person that you brought into the business? So the first person was actually um, somebody that already worked in the business. The, the journey to buying the business. I can't believe I'm going to say this live. I used to be a doorman, okay, and uh, this is not common knowledge. And my the father of my children hated me doing it, and he was just like, "Enough! You're coming in at five o'clock in the morning. Enough! Like we have a child. Let's get some stability." But I really liked it. I really liked that job. Um, and the only thing I knew was bar work, restaurant work hairdressing or being a doorman so I was like well I don't want to go back into hospitality so I suppose I'm going to go back into hairdressing and he kind of forced me back in kicking and screaming that salon that I then went in and worked for um it, it we found out that it was got it had gone up for sale so I'm there, but then my security is being risked. So I decided I was going to go and open up my own salon um, with the father of my kids, like, firmly. Like, he was the doer back then. It wasn't me. I didn't want it. I I didn't think I really enjoyed hairdressing. I didn't think I was any good at it, really. Um, Quite low self-esteem around it. And he was like, no, you're good. We're doing this. Um, And we ended up buying the salon that I worked in after losing a ton of money trying to purchase something else. Um, But there was me and one other lad that worked in that business. And so I just it drove me mad because essentially I was buying myself (laughs) and the guy that was going to come with me anyway. Um, But I sucked it up and we spent the money and we bought the business. So he was the first person. And. I will not lie, I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) If I had to do a team meeting after we got to kind of three or four people, I would be the person in the toilet in the mirror going, go out there, this is your business, lead from the front. And then this other bit would go, who are you kidding? You don't even know how to hold a team meeting. Like you're a hairdresser and a bastard. (laughs) stop it and this whole internal fight would go on until I was literally shaking and I'd go out and just have this like list (laughs) and be like okay we need to and I wouldn't even look up like I had no confidence around this stuff because I'm ill-educated I haven't gone through corporate anything I've not been taught anything I don't know how to run a business and I certainly didn't know how to lead a team so it's all kind of had to happen very naturally but So I already had a team member, to go back to your question, Um, and then I just realised that unless I got more team members, the business wasn't going to grow, and the more team members I could get, the more money the business could make, and, you know, we would grow and evolve. Yeah, it's an interesting transition when you start to move from who not how like you can't you can't cut that many hair you know heads yourself and style that many people it has to grow through the the people that you have that's a brilliant story and thank you for being so brutally honest uh, with us no because that those types of stories they really do help people to go actually you know what these two women that are talking about this stuff I can relate to them I can get on the bus with this and actually I want to be able to improve myself so it is absolutely key and the door a doorwoman 
like I, I didn't catch what you said at first. And then I was like, huh, my head, my head started putting together all the cogs. I was like, wow. Well, you know, look, you, you are, even though you're saying like inside that kind of internal voice was there for when you started to lead people, that really helped you, I suppose, in terms of the courage to stand up in front of people, um, even though the kind of nerves were there, right? Yes, it did, yeah. But look, let's let's move on. You've moved on from that. You're in, you bought <laughs> your salon, you're there with your team, you're building it up. W- what was the biggest challenge? So like as in those early days, Okay, you had the I'm going to deliver this meeting, but like, what was the biggest challenge that you faced back then with your team? The biggest challenge, I think, was that I was very selfish as a as a human being. It was all about me. I wanted to grow a big business. I wanted financial abundance. I wanted financial security. I then decided to have another child. Like everything was about Jen. Um, if a team member was talking to me, I wasn't fully present and listening. I was listening to respond to them in a way that I w- would be listened to and they would respect me. <laughs> and it was just all about me. <laughs> it was just crazy. And so my communication was shocking, like really shocking. I'd be like, OK, so we're going to do this. And in my head, it done and dusted. And I would kind of mention it to one team member and nobody else. But then I started to kind of think the team aren't getting it. They're not progressing. They're not growing as human beings. Um, and how do I how do I move this business forward where I'm a good boss? I'm a good leader, not Jen's the boss, Jen's the leader, you know, that I'm doing it for the greater purpose of the team um and that was really hard really hard I I sat the team down and got them to audit me (laughs) I don't know if you've ever done this with your team but it's so scary because it's like what the hell are they going to say do they hate me am I really bad at my job I am just about to find out and so they um they did it on laptops so I couldn't see anybody's handwriting it was all anonymous um, and it, it was like the most soul destroying yet soul freeing moment of my life. You know, they really, I said to them, no holds barred. Like I want to know exactly what you think because I can't make this any better until I have that honest truth. Um, yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> wow. Like, Oh, Jen, I'm loving the more I'm hearing, the more I'm loving this, like to ask them. And there are a lot of again, we come back to courage, right? Courage is another key value that I I, I love. Like you you had the courage to ask those difficult questions, knowing the answers were going to be painful because you wanted to get to that other side because you knew that it was going to be better for them. And having that 360 degree feedback. And I've had that. It helps when it's anonymous. Because, you know, you you don't know, but you have to know, like you have to know oh, what are they saying? I'm some autocratic dictator like, you know, and 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 you and you learn that feedback. You start to get like little trickles of it. And then you think, actually, I need to know the whole I need to rip this plaster off and find out exactly what's under here. Uh, and, and well done you. Like, what was the what was the thing that was there like a couple of things in that that like sort of surprised you the most that I mean, you might not yeah. them. it's up to you. So I think the the worst one was my communication. They were like, 
you are so crap at communicating. None of us know what we're supposed to be doing. None of us understand what you're trying to achieve or where you're going. Um, you just go off and do stuff and then it, it just happens. Like, for instance, the day we moved premises, I told them <laughs> literally Friday night that they're, they're clearing up, they're doing their end of day jobs. And I'm like, oh, don't worry about doing the end of day jobs. We're moving. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, just pack my shop. We're moving two doors up the road. Like this shop is too small. And they're like, what? How have we not been involved in planning this with you? Um, because it was all about Jen. It was all like, no, this is my thing. I'm doing it now. My God, I involved the team in everything. And they are far better at making ground floor business decisions than I am. And I accept that and I allow them. But I would never have done that back then. But it's, you know, it, and it's still a work in progress. I am not going to say that I have nailed this and I am perfect, but I am learning so much about myself okay. um, and I'm understanding it, which is phenomenal. That's that's so good. And like you said, they're better at making those decisions on the ground now because you're more transparent with them about where the business is going and what's happening. And, and therefore, because you've got that level of transparency, they then rise to that occasion, don't they? Like that's absolutely brilliant. It's a brilliant lesson for us, a brilliant story from the trenches of the salon world. Uh, so thank you for sharing that with us. So let me ask you this next then. What do you love about helping people reach their potential? Because not only are they now, you know, working better within the organization they're, you know, like you said, they're making key decisions. But what do you really love about kind of helping and seeing them grow? It's it is the growth. It's the pride in when my office door, apart from right now, this second, because we're recording this, is always open unless I'm doing something really like some strategic thinking or planning. Um, and it's the pride when I'm sat here and I can hear them outside discussing, you know, and I did this and then this worked and this was amazing. And they share ideas. It's not a salon where it's like, I'm the best stylist. Everybody look at me. They all pour into each other so if somebody's got something quite tricky that they're working on they'll ask each other for you know I'm gonna think about doing this but what would you do if it was you and then they like gel all their ideas together and I think that communication and that growth and then when they come in one day and they're like I've just bought a house or I've just bought a new car or I've got engaged or I and I can see because we have vision boards that I can see them ticking things off their vision boards and it's just like oh like literally the bubbles in my belly go and I just feel so excited it just yeah it's phenomenal Woohoo! No, I'm even getting excited gosh I feel like I want to come and spend a day at the obsession salon I want to be there and see how they do come on. That, lots of salon owners do that they come and spend the day here to see what we do and that's that's fine that because that Jennifer Louise is why you do what you do with the Successful Salon Club because it is operational excellence it's team excellence and you, and like you said it's not because you haven't gone through the bumps in the road and the things but you've got it to a point where now it is operationally excellent that it becomes best practice for other people and even your team are sharing best practice like 
Jennifer, like the the way that you were talking, like I I am so getting like excited about this because I you know that's that was my role as a performance consultant. I was sent into all these teams to create that magic that you have created in the salon world. I was in a completely different world. I was in hospitality, car rental, you know, call centers. <laughs> that was my bag. But you're doing it in the hairdressing world, and and you're the first person that I have ever met that is able to actually do that I mean that like in oh. in terms of the the world of of hairdressing salon you know anywhere you're the first person that I've heard talk about that in that way and being able to go out and help other people so I'm ah, oh, I'm so excited um to to just be sharing this with our audience today and to know so yes I will come I will come to Ramsgate at some point and say this is excellence I will <laughs> sit there have my hair down with a glass of bubbles I'm sure and uh and, and thoroughly enjoy it knowing like you said that your team really do look after people so what okay so you've been through the difficult times you've come to the point now where it is you know in your eyes yes there's things still to learn because that is about excellence we strive towards it right it's that those incremental improvements but ultimately you're at a point of operational excellence where you're now going out and helping others so what three tips would you say to someone out there right now that is struggling with their team what would you give what would you say I think the first thing I mentioned right at the beginning of um, the podcast you cannot motivate anybody you really can't Um, the only thing that can motivate somebody is themselves and it goes back to that whole you you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink Um, so it's the first tip is really getting in the psyche, really understanding what they want out of life. Yeah. The second tip is how to do that. So every January we have what we call a blue sky thinking meeting and we close the salon on a Saturday because that's the day that nobody really wants to work. So it, it's fun for them. We order in pizza and wine. We roll out massive paper all the way, you know, like lining paper that should go up on a wall. We roll that throughout the entire salon. We've got colored pens and glitter and whatever you want. Then we get massive posters and books and magazines and things, and they create their vision boards. So we take the vision board off from last year they're all literally on the wall in the team room we take them all off from last year we tick off what we've done and we put more stuff on for what we want or create a complete new one um if they've done it all or they've changed their life trajectory whatever that is and um, but the paper across the floor is all about planning out what the next year looks like what are their hopes what are their dreams what do they want to be inside the business but what do they want to be outside the business how can I help them get what they want out of life and it might be that you know they want to, a, a hobby or it might be that they want to start a fitness regime or it might be that they want to start doing yoga or whatever that is there is a way that I can help them to do that and when you're helping the team outside the business um do well in other areas of their life it all becomes much happier for them third tip if you look at the book feel the fear and do it anyway there's a grid like a life box um exercise in there where there's like nine different boxes and there's different areas your family your friends um your relationships your career your spirituality and contribution there's nine of them when we only have one of those boxes full our life is actually really empty because you take that one thing away 
and your life crumples. I, I, I shared with you before um, this podcast, I got divorced around eight, seven, eight years ago. That ended my life as I knew it because the only box that was full was my marriage. I'd worked so hard on building that up as the, the pedestal of my life that actually I had no hobbies. I didn't have any friends left. I'd stopped seeing them. You know, everything else didn't, I don't really gel with my family. So everything else was empty. So for me, it's about looking at those life boxes for the team and how can I help them to fill all of that out so that firstly, work is not the only thing that they've got because they will be bloody miserable if it is. And secondly, when they leave the business and they go home to their life, it's a happy life. Ah, yes. Brilliant advice from you there. Absolutely great and really crucial. So I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes uh, for people. So thank you for sharing that. What are some of the, you know, you shared some of them. Are there any other sort of initiatives that you have to really keep the, the team engaged or things that you've done that are a little bit more unique? You talked about obviously the paper in January, anything else that you sort of yeah do. um so um we're very we pay the highest wage because I feel that this industry is just shockingly paid um and as a result self-worth of hairdressers and salon owners is very very low um because they don't have a a, a, a great money mindset there's always a lack of in their in their mind and how can you be happy if you feel you have a lack of money because then you're always wanting and wishing to do more so they are paid very very well and I think that's really important to this industry um the other thing is what do they need from their working life so I've got a team member that works between half past nine and half past two so she can drop her children to school and pick her children up she doesn't work a Saturday because the kids don't go to school and she doesn't work for 13 weeks of the year because she's got four kids at home on school holidays so any school holidays she's out the shop now yeah that's that, that could have become a pain in the bum but here's the thing it allows her to get what she wants out of life. She's now got a happy home work-life balance. We structure her wages a bit like a teacher's wage. So she doesn't just get paid for the, the weeks that she works. She actually gets a salary throughout the entire year, slightly less than what she would if she was getting paid um, in a structure where she's getting paid for what she worked but then she would have 13 weeks where she would have no money that would not work for her she's got four kids to feed so we've structured and nobody else gets paid like that here but that's you know that's all about making her happy and her life home kind of balance really work for her um we're thinking, and I can't say this too loudly because the team don't know about it yet, but I'm thinking, and I haven't made a decision yet, but I might close Saturdays, full stop. Wow. Because my team miss out on everything. Weddings, birthdays. I, and it's gone from, I used to only allow them to have four Saturdays off a year. How cruel was that? I'd be like, no, you can't have, you've had four off. They're our busiest days. And now my mindset is like, no one wants to work. I don't want to work on a Saturday anymore. I don't want to be in this office. I want to be with my family and my friends and enjoying life. And so if I can make that happen and I can see a way that it's not going to really affect the business, 
that's what we will do. It's all about allowing them to get what they want from life. It, and it also depends on your clientele, right? Because when you're saying this, I'm like, huh, but hang on, more salons are open every Saturday. But hang on a minute, I'm a professional businesswoman. I can't remember the last time I booked my hair to get done on a Saturday. Tell you that for nothing. This is, you know, this is this is real serious chat. <laughs> like we yeah. you don't because I see the value of me going, well, actually, I'm going to take my two hours on a Friday morning to go and, and get my hair done or whatever it may be, because I've got things to do on Saturday. I need it done for Saturday, not on yeah. Saturday. Uh, unless, of course, you know, yes, you've got a wedding and you're getting a stylist, but then that person goes with you right to to whatever you're doing so uh you, you know what Jennifer that's that would be an amazing thing for your team to be one of the only salons that does not open on a Saturday in the UK like amazing and yeah. oh my gosh so you've touched on quite a few things there because and it, it's I, I it's sort of um it's like uh, the flip side of a coin so let's let me ans- ask you the question to just unpick what you were just talking about a little bit what do you see as the things that really emotionally pull on your team the most? Like what's the emotional kryptonite for them in work? Like, they, So they, hairdressers are counsellors, basically. Um, it's very hard going on their emotions when they're here because you've got clients coming in one after the other, after the other, after the other. And especially after COVID, in fact, we've actually had to put up signs in the salon to say we don't want to talk about COVID because if we're talking about COVID eight hours a day, it's going to have a real negative impact on the mental health of my team. So I made a stand and actually some clients were a bit like, that's really like shocking, Jen. You should never have said that. People have got stories they want to share. And yes, they have. And I understand that. But the the population lean on the hairdresser. So when they're in here, they don't tell you about all the amazing, great stuff that they've got going on in their life. They tell you about the crap. And my team are wearing that on their shoulders all day. And by the end of the day, it's pretty heavy. So that emotional support is really important for them. And so we're looking at how how do we, in 2022, support them professionally so that not only is there a counselling service, but there is also, they are taught, to be counsellors because if you think about it they run the risk of giving really crap advice and causing some really bad problems because they're not trained they're just having a general chit chat offering off their thoughts and their suggestions which could be really bad for the person that's in the bad place telling them this stuff anyway so I think that's really really hard for them and the wage in this industry I think I mean, my team don't have that, but the whole, the rest of the industry does. That That's a real, they're, they're working, they're backside off and they're just not getting paid for it. Wow. Yeah, that, that really is. It is. And it's that energy that it takes to manage that as well, that probably by those Saturdays, they want to go, no, no one's, co- I know I would be, no one's coming in. I'm not talking to anyone. I can't do anything. I want to sit in my pajamas for a few hours and have no people time because I've been so people focused all week in doing what I'm doing. I also loved, um, and I just want to go back to it because I didn't mention it, but the seasonality of um, the work that you've done with that lady that needs to have the, you know, has a, you've agreed to have that time off, but the fact that you still look at the teacher wage and, and divide that up, it's, it's crucial to these types of businesses. 
because you need you also need them at the peak times too and and that's something that we definitely saw in car rental you know the the winter other than christmas just disappeared it's 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 off the chart so really you want your best staff when the customers are there and and you want them to be on form but at the same time what do you do because now you've got headcount when you don't need it and you know it it causes uh, quite a challenge and for people that like that lady that want to work that way for students that do want to just work the summer and don't want to work uh, the the rest of the year um it, it works out perfectly so again just another crucial message and learning that you've been able to give the audience today oh they are getting a masterclass from you <laughs> absolutely we'll all be in obsessions right right <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's happening um describe the culture of your business if you had to say it in a few words what you say it is um I don't like using this word but I haven't found a better word yet they are like family but I feel the word family shouldn't be used in a workplace because some people have negative um experience of family like me myself I don't I don't have a a great family I had a very horrible childhood so I I'm probably the least family-like in the team, but the team really, really gel and support and help and love each other, which is really lovely to see. Um, I also think they're all very... They've all got really great passion for hair, but they've all got a really great passion for learning. They are constantly focused on upskilling, learning new things, and doing the best for our Sue. We know, they don't work for me. None of my team work for me. They work for Sue, who is our ideal client. And because they've got such an understanding of this client avatar in terms of emotional support that they need, you know, the BS, the belief systems that this client runs through her head, the emotional buy-in cycle that this client has, they understand that, every decision is based around that person and so they make the right decisions they behave in the right way they use the right words they they know like just yesterday I came into work I haven't been here all week I've been off doing a success mastermind and I came back in and they said okay we've sent flowers to this client and this client and this client this client's mother died this client was poorly like they all know when to pour in and when to support our um, clientele I don't know any other salon that would think to do that and this is not me I'm not making these decisions and telling the team to do this stuff they are feeling these clients and they are making those decisions knowing that I'm not here and really you know in any other business they would be scared to spend money out the till like that but they know it's the right thing to do and the culture of the salon is do the right thing I love that. Some, I love words that begin with C for some reason. And the ones that were screaming out, I was talking about courage earlier, but the ones that are screaming out for me from what you said were compassionate. Yeah. They are definitely compassionate, curious from a learning perspective and also collaborative that they, yeah. they collect together um, to, to make things work. And I agree with the family part because here's what I think about family as well. We don't often pause with family we react to our family like you know I love my brother to pieces we co-founded something together 
<laughs> but the way that we communicate in comparison to the way that I would communicate with anybody else is is very different because there's a, it's a different it's a different thing so that collaborative that community that kind of work kind of the the team a sports team or a way that a sports team would function like my volleyball team you know you you can trust where certain people would have your back like when they're meant to be the defense and you're on you know the the um you know the attack and and it, it you you work in that kind of tandem but thank you for sharing that with us and that beautiful picture of what your team are like I think one of the things that's really jumping out for me here about the whole family and the way that we communicate differently is if you think about if you've got a situation in an office where you've got two people working closely together, they're really polite, they're they're really, really getting on. And then one day, person A blows her top at person B. She's now overstepped a line. So that relationship, the dynamics have now changed. Person A will blow her top many more times because it's been made okay unless person B really really comes down on it which doesn't normally happen Mm. when you think about a family we were blowing our tops as toddlers so we've been blowing our tops in front of these people and you know getting upset and crying and having temper tantrums because we can't understand the world at the age of two three four five and so it's been happening the whole life so we do communicate and behave completely differently with anyone that we grew up with as opposed to anybody that comes into our lives Mm. that's an interesting analogy I hadn't really thought of it like that but that makes perfect sense yeah that's that's so true and I'm thinking about now because because you know you'll have that argument and it won't be seen as so as intense the next day you're ringing them going so are we going out shopping on Saturday because it's a normal thing thing that happens so so true wow this is a brilliant conversation and I I I really hope the audience are taking a lot from this and I love the fact that you also said you know about supporting the 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 mental health and their understanding of it how to articulate and communicate empathetic conversations that is absolutely key I agree absolutely you heard my talk the other day on it uh because it helps you reserve your own energy but also you don't feel helpless to a situation you feel like you've been able to serve and be empathetic without being sympathetic and that that's that's key to really helping uh, support other people so you let's talk a little bit more about the successful salon club because you know like you've got everything you've got obsessions to operationally excellent you now help other people uh, to do that so tell us a little bit more about that and maybe how you help um other business owners so this kind of just came about as a, a want and a need for myself I nearly lost my business in year 10 I didn't know how to run a business and I just I don't know how I'd got to year 10 just literally by fluke um and I nearly lost it we nearly went bankrupt and I realized I actually don't know any of this stuff. I don't know how to lead a team. I don't know how to look at profit and loss. I don't don't know a single thing. So I went off and learned. And I realised that there are many, many salon owners that have done the same thing. We have become, we are stylists, we're hairdressers, we're good at it. And they'll they'll open a business for one of two things. The boss that they're working for is an absolute arse and they don't want to work there anymore. So they're going to just leave and do their own thing. Or they believe that the salon that they're working in isn't giving the best quality of service so I'm going to do that better I can do this better myself so that's the driver that typically tips them over in from worker to entrepreneur and business owner but they've got nothing they don't know how to run a business they've got no business sense at all um 
And just like me, you know, I, I know that if they get past year three to five, you know, coming up to that year 10, I'm panicking for them. Now, that might not be their story. <laughs> they might be like, absolutely fine. But I can just see the struggle in most salon owners not understanding any of this stuff. They don't know how to market the business. They don't know how to get clients in. They don't know how to lead a team. And, you know, it's stuff that I've worked really, really hard on. And I'm still where I'm not going to say I've got it all figured out. I haven't. But the passion in me now is to help these salon owners understand how to run a proper business so that they can up their prices and attach better self-worth to themselves and understand that they should be charging more. By charging more, they can pay their team better wages. And so the industry starts to level up. At the minute, it's on its belly. And it drives me mad because they could have everything they wanted. They've just got to learn how to do it. And it, it's not hard. It's just finding somebody that knows the steps to take. And that's me absolutely is you I was gonna say pick up the phone now salon owners if you if you know someone that has similar things and challenges that Jennifer is talking about today pick up the phone get in touch with her get in touch with me I'll put you in touch with her that's absolutely fine but you're right that that drive and that passion that you have absolutely comes through and you know that some of them have been through the biggest challenge they will ever go through in the last two years uh, 2020 slapped us around the face um, for that industry and your industry, even more so. Uh, so, you know, I, I totally get it. And also, you know, uh, knowing you now and getting to know you over the last six months, you are like a beacon, a beacon of light <laughs> for these salon owners. So, um, so I, I wish you. you all the best with the continued success of your business and uh, and your operational excellence that you're really uh, driving forward. So fantastic, Jennifer. So you're having a dinner party. It's at your house. It's Friday night. You got your champagne chilled. Who are you inviting? Three guests. Okay. So Tony Robbins. I absolutely adore the guy. I just think he is a, a genius in the mind and hacking the brain and, and hacking, biohacking every area of your life. He's helped me overcome some massive challenges um with my parents he's helped me put a few things to bed emotionally and he's he's really helped to build me um which I love and adore Dr John D Martini he is my absolute hero his book lives on in, in my office on my sideboard I just adore the man um I was very lucky to be gifted a ticket to go and spend an evening with him once and he's like I'm like that <laughs> I don't fangirl over anybody I don't like celebrities and things like that I'm just like they are human why are all these people being weird around them but Dr John D. Martini, I just like I can't take my eyes off of him and like he's that mad professor when he writes on the board and everyone's looking at it going what the bloody hell does any of that mean I get him I understand what the whole thing means and um, and we had an amazing conversation and he helped me to really understand core values and beliefs in a completely different way. Um, and he helped me actually in unpacking that. He told me face to face why my marriage broke down, which was just like I'd had all that pain and all that weight on my shoulders. It was, you know, it was all my fault. And he 
basically took that backpack off of me and put it on the floor and stamped on it until it disappeared. So that was phenomenal. So I would love to get some more time with him um, because I think he could really help me in other areas of my life. Um, Slightly controversial. Boris Johnson to tell him what an absolute pillocky is being about leadership in this country and I intend at that dinner party to teach him a little bit about how to truly lead people. Wow can you imagine that you Tony Robbins and Dr Martini literally looking at Boris saying (laughs) what is this leader all about like I can see it now Jen you'll be replacing him You'll be, you know, head oh of the country. <laughs> just, just give me the badge to get in the door and do all the speaking for you. It will be fine. Well, that would be an absolute amazing dinner party. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that. And to hear how passionate you speak about, you know, Tony Robinson and John Martini, to be able to, to be able to cha- have changed your life through their, their really, their stories, their helpings, their lessons, and it just goes to show, like that as people we can encourage and support other people to make massive change and and they might not even know the the impact the incredible impact they don't even see how much that is and that's an amazing ripple effect wow there's there's I'm, I, I hope that one day there's people out there that talk about us like that to Jennifer and you know that legacy uh, to leave behind like you you're helping them completely change their lives you know, within work in your team, with the salons that you're helping. And yeah, there's that's that's what drives me anyway. Let's uh, let's make the world a little bit of a better place. So thank you for sharing that. So look, it's come to the end of the interview. It's been absolutely amazing. I would talk to you all day, all night. Uh, We (laughs) have only got a pocket of time together today. So please tell people how they can get in touch, plug what you want to, how can they, you know, jump on the train if they're, if they are a salon owner and they want to get help, what should they do? Yeah. So Instagram is probably the best um, place to find me. Um, You'll find me at Jennifer Louise. Now the L in Louise is a number one because somebody else owns Jennifer Louise and doesn't even use it. So that's really annoying. Um, So Jennifer Louise and the L is a number one instead of an L. I thought it looked fancy. (laughs) Um, So you can grab me there. Um, Where else can you grab me? I suppose that there is actually the best place because I'm on there all the time and I can get you messages and answer them. Of course, if you're on Clubhouse, come and uh, come into the rooms where we're speaking on Clubhouse at 6.30 in the morning, the Winners Club, and you can hear me talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that I do. Um, and you'll be able to hear Melissa talking as well. Um, and yeah, I'll just, just drop, I'm sure we'll put an email address in the show notes and you can always drop an email um, if there's anything specific that you, you need help with. Absolutely. And I'm sure they will. Thank you so much, Jennifer Louise, for being our guest today. And I cannot wait to see you face to face very soon. I know. Thank, I'm so excited. I think that's going to be another Dr. John D. Martini moment. Like, I am that pumped about, we're, for, for those of you that are thinking, what the hell is Jennifer going on about? We are going to um, meet Tim Story um, for a keynote speech and a lovely Christmas, like, party um and I'm very very excited about that I listen in fact I forced my brother to listen to the book with me because I, I do a lot on audio I'm driving up and down and I had to pick him up from Birmingham University and bring him home to Kent 
And I made him listen for four hours to Jim's story. Um, and he's like, oh, he's, he's 19, 20 years old. And he's really, really jealous. The book affected him that much. It really forced change in him. So I think this is going to be an epic, an epic session. And I cannot wait to give you a big hug and be like in your presence and in your energy yeah and look out anyone else that's around our energy at that moment in time it will be explosive I agree it's going to be absolutely incredible you have been absolutely incredible Jennifer Louise thank you so much for talking to us today thanks for having me thanks for listening to the Emotioneering podcast with me Melissa Curran today it's been great remember to subscribe to Facebook LinkedIn YouTube or all three you can also come to the website modernmindgroup.com where you can subscribe there stay in contact and let us know what you really think give us the feedback this is going to get better by knowing what you think Uh, has this given you food for thought has it helped you change something what has it inspired let us know because that's why we're doing it it's all about the people 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 (laughs) have a great day and ciao for now